Welcome to the Boston Society of the New Jerusalem's Church on the Hill podcast. If you like it, consider joining us at 140 Bowden Street in Boston for more, or visit us on the web at churchonthehillboston.org. Our verse from Isaiah today is a, is a verse that talks about a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. And it's important to, I think, remember when this was written and what this is written about. This is not written about a person who's standing in a home or renting an apartment in downtown Boston. This was written by a group of people at a time during an exile when they had been removed from their country forcibly. And they were living in a stranger's land. This is talking about something more in Isaiah than I think we sometimes think about. Because I, I don't know about you, I, I'm a handy guy. Okay, I, I have tools and things too. Screwdrivers, hammers, saws. But this building a new heaven and a new earth, it's talking about God's children building their own houses and living in them. Now, if we go to the book of Revelation and we look at the building materials of transparent gold and all these crazy things. This is a hard task for us to do. I don't know enough about building codes to build my own home. Now, at one point, I had my own, I had my own garden. I planted things. I had a salsa garden. I liked hot peppers, tomatoes, things like that that I could make hot sauce and salsa with. But I don't know much about maintaining a vineyard. I do know it takes like seven or ten years to actually produce a good grape. It's a lot of work. I just can't believe that this passage is telling me I'm going to build my own home and I'm going to have to plant a vineyard and eat off of my own food. I, I think there's more to it than that. I think it's symbolic. How many of you have ever heard, home is where the heart is? Right? It's, every, most everybody's heard that kind of thing. Home is a place where ideally we feel safe and secure. Not all homes are this way. All homes should be this way. But not all homes are this way. But it should be a place where we are safe and secure, where we feel loved and appreciated. And we've also heard people say, that we are what we eat, right? Symbolically, this is not actually saying if we eat grapes, we'll become a grape. Symbolically, what it means is the things we take into ourselves, the things that we learn, are the things that we become. If we surround ourselves with hatred and anger, we become hatred and anger. If we surround ourselves with love, we become more loving. This story is about a place, about love, and about being nurtured, being able to actually live in a safe home where you are fully appreciated and loved. And it's not about eating whatever. It's not a, the vineyard is 
is about more than just food. We learn in scripture that the Lord is the vineyard. So this is really talking about not building your home and eating from your own garden. This is actually talking about us becoming our fullest self, about us living love and learning about love and becoming a more loving person. Now, I have, I have a favorite book, and you might notice I'm a little bit weird about saying this, because not... It's a favorite book, but it is possibly the most disturbing thing I have ever read. I have a favorite book that I read it and actually feel dirty for reading it. The author of this book wrote it and said writing this book was the single most unpleasant thing he had ever done but took great pride in the final product. It's a book written by C.S. Lewis called The Screwtape Letters. Uh, We have a fan? (laughs) Anybody who knows the book, it's an amazing book. It's about two demons who are fighting over a patient. A patient would be a human, one of us, a guy in this case. Now, in the book itself, at least in the first edition, you never actually see one of the demon's letters. demon who's working with the patient. His name is Wormwood. And he is clearly writing letters of frustration to his, what we come to understand as his uncle. His name is Screwtape. And these are the letters that Screwtape writes back to Wormwood. And you have to figure out what the problems are because you don't actually see problem A. You have to read into the letters. So at one point, It is clear that Wormwood is very concerned because his patient is going to church for shame. He's like, how how can I stop my patient from going to church? Everything I do seems to hit a dead end. And I'm paraphrasing here. But Screwtape responds, oh, Wormwood, Wormwood, Wormwood. How... Have you not heard what the message is? The point is not to get him not to go to church. The point is to stop him from hearing the enemy. Anyone want to guess who the enemy is? We know it's God. The point isn't to get him not to go to church. The point is to make it so when he's in church, at no point is he in a worshipful or reverent mood. Make him feel pride in going to church. And not just in going to church, but going to the right church. Right? I I live in a small town. Everyone knows the right church. It's the church that has the most money, the biggest organ, and all the big wigs in town go to the right church. And when he goes to the right church, make sure that when he's singing hymns, He's less concerned about his singing the words and understanding what it means to raise these words up as worship to God and more concerned about whether or not the person next to him is on tune. 
Maybe whether or not the preacher speaks exactly the right way or, or whether or not they like the translation of the Bibles. That you, you do anything you can to make the person not worship. The other thing I think was really great, because this was written, not at, you know, I guess in modern times, but it was written 50 years ago or so. He talks about gluttony. And he said, people are getting smart about gluttony. It's not about just eating everything anymore. It's about eating the right thing, getting the perfect cup of coffee. It's about removing the person from the experience they're having and making them harshly judgmental about everything around them. This is called alienation. It's about us removing ourselves from being present in the moment. It's, it's being governed by fear. It's being terrified. It's about putting our desire foremost in our mind. It's about not being alive. Now I'm assuming that most people think to some degree they know what it means to be alive. I mean, we are not, what, even half a mile from Mass General. People in the medical field might have a different definition of what it means to be alive. I work at a hospital. I know that breathing, heartbeat, and brain activity are things that are measured to determine whether or not someone is alive. But when we think about our lives, do we think about our heart rate, our breathing, and our mental activity? That's not what it means to be alive. What it means to be alive is to feel the power of the divine emanating from your heart into the world. Now, Swedenborg's very confusing front and back and upside down and left and right message from today is talking exactly about that. For us to transform, for us to be spiritually aware, it means that we have to be in the right order. If we are not in the right order, we feel cut off. We feel alienated. We are like the people of Israel in a strange land because we are not embracing the true power of who we are. We're talking about the Holy Spirit moving inside us, moving through us, and you actually embracing the love that you were created to give. We are talking about the image and likeness of God. We're talking about the ability to love. We're talking about sitting in a church and praying not for our desires, but for the Lord's will to happen through us. What does it mean to build your house and live in it? What does it mean to actually not, like we hear about in Luke, prepare for what happens next? When you build a house, you generally have a plan, right? I'm guessing. I'm not, I'm not an architect. I'm not a builder. I'm guessing when you build a house, you have a blueprint of what it is you want. Right? Hope so. Hope so. Otherwise, you have something happening. This is not talking about us building a home that is for us to live in. It's about us building a home for the Lord to inhabit. And he says in Luke, the way to do that is to not have fear. The way to do that is to not predict what it is you need to say 
in the next sentence. It's to listen, to be present, to let the Lord speak to you. And you do that by listening. You do that by paying attention to your neighbor and loving your neighbor. You do that by being loving and kind. Have any of you ever been in a conversation where you're so busy thinking about what you're about to say that you realize you have no idea what the person just said? Right? I've been there. Something triggered in my ear, and I started thinking and thinking, oh, I can respond this way and this way. And then the person asked a question, and I just kind of looked up. Pardon? I, I don't know what you said. I was so worried about responding my way that I stopped caring about who they were. I was alienating myself from the moment. I sent myself into exile because I was so scared that my voice was not going to be heard the way I wanted it to be heard that I just shut down. I was no longer living in my own home. Each of us, each of us need to become the person we were created to be. Each of us need to love the people who are next to us if we are going to inhabit the house that the Lord has given us. So let's look to the Lord when we plant our vineyards. In other words, let us ask ourselves, how can we be loving? We look at the scripture and see the message of love and understanding. How do we fill our hearts with that? How do we have the self-confidence to know that God loves us and that if people disagree with us, we are not lesser people? How is it that we build our homes? We do that by coming to church. We don't do that by coming to church like Wormwood would have us come to church or Screwtape. We do it by coming here with an open mind, an open spirit, and listening for what God has in store for us and not judging those who are around us. We do it by opening our hearts and not shutting down. The open heart is the new Jerusalem. The closed heart is exile. So let us not be controlled by the world, but let us be open by God's love, for therein is our home and our vineyard. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Boston Society of the New Jerusalem's Church on the Hill podcast. If you liked what you hear, consider joining us at 140 Bowdoin Street, Boston, for more. Or visit us on the web at churchonthehillboston.org.